Our summaries this week contain two cases on family law, both from the Arkansas Court of Appeals. In Richardson v. Richardson, 2023, ARC App 279, the Arkansas Court of Appeals affirmed an order denying a motion to modify alimony, where the trial court looked at the change in the physician's gross income instead of net income. This was not error and within a trial court's discretion. The appellant was a gastroenterologist. The appellee was employed with health problems and undertook to provide for the children and their college education. The children had now reached majority. The alimony in issue was $8,000 a month. There was child support for two children of $10,683 each month. Judge Brown explained, quote, Appellant filed a motion to reduce child support and alimony on February 14, 2014. He contended that his annual net income had substantially decreased from $614,266 to $490,350.42 in 2013, which justified a reduction in both his alimony and child support obligations. Appellate included a copy of his 2013 W-2 to support his contention that his income had substantially decreased since the divorce. Appley filed a response on February 19, asking the circuit court to deny appellant's motion. The circuit court entered an order on July 17, granting appellant's motion following a hearing on May 8. As a result, appellant was ordered to pay $7,000 a month in alimony and $10,124 a month in child support. The order was amended in August. However, there was no change to the new alimony and child support amounts. Appellant argues that the circuit court erred by denying his motion to reduce his alimony. He contends that when the alimony was reduced in 2014, his net income was $659,975, and that in 2021, his net income was projected to be $488,356.40, which is a reduction of over $150,000 annually. He also argues that in 2014, Appley was unemployed, but she now makes $73,000 a year and has accumulated almost $1 million in retirement. He maintains that he should not have to continue to pay alimony because Appley has chosen to pay college expenses for their grown children. He contends that his alimony should be reduced because, one, his income has decreased by over $150,000 a year since the entry of the July 2014 orders. Two, Appley's employment status has changed since the 2014 orders, whereby she is now employed and making $73,000 a year. Three, the party's children have reached the age of majority. And four, Appley has a retirement fund of approximately $1 million. Gross or net income considerations. To the extent appellant argues that his annual net income has decreased since 2014 by over $150,000, the circuit court chose to look at the gross income instead of the net income for the relevant years. Since the court was not provided with any income information for 2020, it relied on appellant's pay stubs through May 2021 and determined that, on the basis of that information, Appellate was receiving more gross income than what he received in 2014. It was up to the circuit court to determine which income amount, gross versus net, more appropriately reflected appellant's income for the relevant years 
and it decided to use the gross income amounts. The circuit court was in the best position to make this determination, and we will not reweigh the evidence based on a net income analysis that seems more favorable to appellate. It is not our duty to substitute this court's judgment for that of the circuit court. End of quote. Employment Considerations A second unsuccessful argument was alimony should be reduced because of Appley's employment. Quote, Appellate contends that Appley's employment income negates her need for alimony. Despite Appellant's contention that Appley was unemployed at the time of the 2014 modification, she testified otherwise. She stated that in 2014, she was making $5,000 less than what she is making now, so she earned around $67,000. Appellant did not object to this testimony or present any evidence to contradict it. We do not have the testimony from the hearing held at the time of the modification, and there is no way of knowing if that information was disclosed at that hearing. Additionally, the 2014 order does not mention Appley's employment status. Thus, the facts presented to the circuit court show that Appley's income has increased by $5,000 since the last modification. This is not a significant enough increase to allow appellant to reduce or even terminate his alimony. End of quote. Consideration of the minor children reaching majority. Another unsuccessful argument was the children were now of majority. Quote, Although the party's children have reached the age of majority, Appley still provides for them financially. However, she no longer has the benefit of the $10,000 a month child support she received from appellant. Despite this, she still has undertaken the children's educational and other needs, which is not unusual. Appley lost $120,000 a year in child support when the children reached majority, yet she still financially supported them past majority, going so far as to take out loans to cover their college tuition and living expenses when appellant did not honor what he said he would do. Appley's expenses alone were over $10,000 a month, not including the monthly amount she expends on the children. She has had to deplete the monies received from the sale of the marital home in order to continue to meet her financial obligations. End of quote. Consideration of Retirement Funds When Appley's retirement funds were totaled about $900,000, this did not require modification of the alimony award. Quote, Appellate also maintains that his alimony should be reduced because Appley has a large retirement fund. Appley testified that she has over $900,000 in her retirement fund that she plans to use when she retires at the age of 67. She indicated that she did not want to access those funds prior to that time and that she would only be receiving a little over $4,000 a month from her retirement and Social Security when she retires. The circuit court considered this evidence and still found that there was not a significant change in circumstances to require modification of alimony. End of quote. End of decision. In Bean Blossom v. Arkansas Department of Human Services, 2023 ARC App 267, the Arkansas Court of Appeals reversed a finding of dependency neglect where the argument was severe injuries were accidental or unexplained. Because of an evidentiary error in hearsay by allowing a child investigator to testify to a physician report, Judge Verdon explained, quote, Rebecca Bean Blossom appeals the Washington County Circuit Court's adjudication of her two children, MC1, born 8 and MC2, 
Born 12-28-21 as dependent neglected. Lane Bean Bossom appeals the circuit court's adjudication of his child, MC2, as dependent neglected. We reverse and remand. At the hearing, CACD investigator Deidre Uselton testified that on April 21, she spoke to Lane and Rebecca on the phone, but only about their relatives' contact information. Uselton testified that MC2's specific injuries were a bruise on her left forearm, a bilateral subdural hematoma. Lane's counsel objected, asserting that the testimony was hearsay because Uselton was testifying about what Dr. Forrest had written in a medical report and did not stem from Uselton's personal observation. Counsel also asserted that a foundation had not been laid for the testimony and the court instructed the attorney ad litem to do so. Uselton stated that she based her true finding of abuse against Lane on the medical reports from Dr. Forrest and Children's Hospital in Little Rock. Counsel repeated the hearsay objection to Uselton's testimony regarding the contents of Dr. Forrest's report. The circuit court overruled the objection. Uselton stated that Detective Odell with the Fayetteville Police Department interviewed Lane, and she, Uselton, based her true finding on the information gleaned from Odell's interview and Dr. Forrest's report. Uselton later stated that her finding was based on the initial hotline call, and it's not from Dr. Forrest or a medical report. It is the initial report that I received. Uselton reiterated that Detective Odell did the investigation, and she based her true finding of abuse on the hotline call and information Odell gathered. The court ruled from the bench that the children were dependent neglected. The court found that the CACD conducted an investigation and made a true finding of abuse against Lane, who admitted he was rough with MC2. The court found that MC2 had suffered injuries sufficient for her to be vomiting and taken to the urgent care clinic and was then transported to ACH. Rebecca and Lane assert on appeal that the circuit court erroneously allowed CACD investigator Uselton to testify about what Dr. Forrest wrote in her medical report. They argue that Uselton had no basis on which to testify about MC2's specific condition, and she relied solely on the out-of-court statements for her testimony regarding MC2's condition. Thus, Uselton's testimony was inadmissible as hearsay, and prejudice resulted from the court's decision to allow the testimony. We agree and reverse and remand. Hearsay is a statement, other than one made by the declarant while testifying at the trial or hearing, offered in evidence to prove the truth of the matter asserted. Arkansas Rule of Evidence 801C. Hearsay testimony is generally inadmissible pursuant to Arkansas Rule of Evidence 802. Matters pertaining to the admissibility of evidence are left to the sound discretion of the circuit court, and we will not reverse such a ruling absent an abuse of that discretion. Abuse of discretion is a high threshold that does not simply require error in the circuit court's decision, but requires that the circuit court act improvidently, thoughtlessly, or without due consideration. Furthermore, we will not reverse absent a showing of prejudice, as prejudice is not presumed. The department asserts that Uselton's statement was not being presented for the truth of the matter asserted, but instead as a basis for Uselton's investigative finding. We disagree. The purpose of Uselton's testimony about the content of Dr. Forrest's report was to prove MC2's medical condition and that it was a result of physical abuse. 
Thus, the court abused its discretion by admitting inadmissible hearsay. End of quote. End of decision.